Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, podcast, you know, wherever they'll have me really, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. If you're watching the screen, uh, you can see that I'm looking at the blog site right now. If, you, if you're new to the audience, please go over to the blog because there's this really great watch this first video, which is kind of like an intro video that I put together, talks about who I am and what I'm about. And just below this is the product map which you can download, it's a PDF, and it basically shows a timeline for an individual that goes from thinking about buying a business all the way through to acquisition and then exit and then you know retirement. And it shows how my different courses and books fit within that timeline. Um, so you have a little bit of guidance about what sorts of things of mine might be helpful for you. Further down on the left-hand side, sign up form. Um, I send out an email every day um, you sign up here, you check off the topics of what interests you and you will only receive emails that fit within the topics that you're interested in. Okay. Um, and if you want to get the weekly digest on Wednesdays, which has the new video, click weekly new video digest and you'll, you'll get the Wednesday one. All right. So what are we doing today? We're doing something a little bit different. Let me, let me show you what I got. Um, there was a few, there were a few comments in my LinkedIn feed about the IBBA market pulse report. And, um, I decided to go and take a look and, and there were so many little nuggets of, of juicy information in here that I thought I should share it with you guys. And uh, there is a Q2 report out, <clears throat> but the Q2 report is talking more about US trade tariffs being implemented and, and the perceived effect that this is gonna have on businesses. Um, this one has got a lot more sort of general uh, behind the scenes nuggets that I wanted to share with you. So let's zoom in on this screen. And um, we'll take a look. So who put this report together? It's the IBBA, which is the International Business Brokers Association, which 90% of their members are American. So, and then of the other 10%, the majority of them are Canadians. And then there's people from around the world, a small handful of them. Um, and so largely what this report is going to be revealing is the North American uh, experience for the business brokers in this organization. M&A Source is, is the associate group for people who deal with the larger size businesses with selling prices, you know, 2 million to 50 million kind of thing. And then they're associated with Pepperdine Business School and um, a project over there at Pepperdine, the Private Capital Markets Project. So these guys put this report together to talk about what's going on in the industry and to, and to promote uh, the business school. So there are five different categories of businesses that we're going to see throughout here based on the transaction size. And what I'm primarily going to be talking to you guys about today are the three main street categories. So businesses that had selling prices up to $2 million. And where does the data come from? Well, they conducted a survey in April of 2019 from the 1st to the 15th. They got 292 business brokers to respond and those brokers completed 257 transactions during the first quarter of 2019. So, so who are these people? Well, there's, there's a couple of things I want to say about this. When I Google how many business brokers are there in the United States, Google tells me there's about 3,000, okay? And here are 292 people that have responded. If we extrapolate that just based on population to Canada, there might be a few hundred business brokers in Canada. And so the number of people who responded to this um, is pretty close to about 10% of the business brokers that are operating. Um, but they're the 10% that have chosen to pay annual fees to this organization to be a member of uh, 
an industry group so that they can network and meet other people, their peers, so that they can attend training, um, work on the certification program. I went through the IBBA's certification program back when I had my office and it was fantastic. I learned so much. And so these are the brokers who see value in association. They see value in networking and learning and value in self-development and value in furthering an organization who's actually going to be sort of a mouthpiece for the industry. Okay. So uh, let's call them the, the professionals versus, you know, the people that unfortunately I hear about so often, the sort of fly by night, see the pants type business brokers. Okay. And so these guys, 292 of them managed to complete 257 transactions in the first quarter. So what's great about this is it kind of highlights some of the stuff that I say all throughout my videos about the volume of business and the rate of success that typical business brokers have um, and why they charge the fees that they do. Because to get to the point where you're a good business broker takes a tremendous amount of training and knowledge and once you develop yourself to be a good business broker, you really need to be earning six figures. And in order to do that, if you're only selling, you know, four or five businesses a year, you have to start charge a certain percentage in order to create that income for yourself. So, so this reinforces a lot of those conversations that I've had with you viewers over the last little while. So here are the different categories. Here are the three that we're going to be looking at less than 500 grand, 500 to a million, a million to 2 million. Interesting tidbits. The advisor said that they decline about 70% of the business opportunities that come their way because the business is considered non-sellable. Wow. So these brokers know what they can sell and what they can't sell. And they know that they only get paid when they sell something because they're acting in an agency role and they're collecting a commission. So 70% of the businesses that come to them to sell, they turn away. Okay. So I, I just find that amazing. Um, and it's going to, to affect some of the other numbers that we're going to be looking at here. And of course, the number one reason is unrealistic expectations. The sellers think that their business is worth far more than it really is. Here's something interesting. Uh, most Main Street advisors report turning away anywhere from one to 10 would-be buyers or potential suitors per engagement because they're not qualified for the opportunities they pursue. So 10 people they turn away for every business they have listed and it says 7% of the advisors said they get more than 25 unqualified inquiries per engagement, which makes perfect sense to me because in turning away 70% of the people, of the sellers that come to them, they are calling the herd in advance. So they're sorting out the bad apples and they're only getting the juiciest, shiniest apples to put on the shelf. And so when they get those businesses up for sale on the business for sale websites, they are the ones that have profits and reasonable prices. So it's, it's totally understandable to me why it would attract so many inquiries because they're the businesses that look like they make sense when they're being advertised for sale. If you recall a couple of weeks ago, I did a video with Mike Finger and Michael Kerr where we talked about a report based on the annual filing of a UK business broker where we saw that they only sold 4% of their listings. And we talked about how generally 80% of businesses don't sell. Well, that's because so many things get to market through other business brokers that don't make any sense. They're just, they're just put up for sale with whatever asking price the seller wants. Even with this culling of the herd, so to speak, look at this number. 48% um, of the businesses that do get listed with this group of business brokers still don't sell. 
right? So even the more discerning advisors who are, you know, creating a certain uh, hurdle for people to get over to get their business on market, half of them still aren't being sold. What is, what is interesting over here is that the majority of Main Street business owners fail to plan. So the advisors are reporting that 90% of business owners with enterprise value less than half a million conducted no formal planning prior to the engagement. They had no idea how to sell a business. They simply walked into the business broker's office and said, I want to sell now, right? And as you can see, when the businesses get larger, the numbers don't change that much. So um, 90% of the smallest businesses made no planning. Uh, in the half a million to 1 million range, it was about 75%. And in the 1 to 2 million range, it was 50% of people actually had conversations with other professionals like attorneys, CPAs, et cetera, about what selling their business would look like. And then if we look at planning horizon, um, most of the businesses that did plan ahead planned less than a year ahead, and which is is amazing because oftentimes when you're going to sell a business, the last two years of results are the, what is scrutinized the most. So if you think you're going to want to sell your business and you think you have some kind of target date, then you need to be planning obviously more than within 12 months before the transaction is going to take place. But that's not what people do. And <clears throat> this kind of highlights the fact that in my personal experience as a broker and as a consultant in the decade since I've been a broker, um, most business owners have uh, the same succession plan, which is to live forever. They, they just assume that they're going to carry on forever. And then something happens, which causes them to need to sell and they're not ready. And then they, they go and they talk to somebody about it. Um, this is interesting. <clears throat> the advisors to the, in the survey reported that most business owners only knew about 50% of the ways they could exit their business right? So there's many different ways to get out of a business and most business owners don't know them, right? And so it could very well be that while they're planning on doing one particular type of transaction, it might actually be more advantageous to do something else. And if they had known that, they would have been able to prepare better uh, for that thing. So this is a good segue. So if you go over to my website, uh, howtosellmyownbusiness.com, uh, this is where I have all the information for people that own a business that might want to sell one day. Um, it's filled with stuff like free information, YouTube playlists, free downloads, a book that costs, you know, $10. Um, but here, the online course, how to get out of my business, invest an afternoon in this course. Um, it does cost money, but uh, this will take care of the problem of understanding how you can get out of your business. You will understand all the different ways once you take this course. Uh, okay, back to the report. So that's how to get out of my, that's uh, um, how to sell my own business.com. How to sell my own business.com is where you get to this page. And it'll be below in the, in the links, of course. Um, here's what's interesting. Um, closing time on average, 8.8 .8 months to sell a business. And I can tell you, uh, don't forget, it's an average right? So there were 250 transactions that occurred, which means that there were some businesses that probably took 16 or 20 months to sell. And there were some that sold in just a few months. On average, from the time there's an LOI to the time that there's a closing is two or three months when we get to up to a million. So if this is the average, what is not shown 
is what the mean is and what the median is. So we don't know how dispersed these figures are, but I can tell you that if the seller or, or the buyer doesn't need to go to a bank for financing, the deal can obviously happen much more quickly, which means that there are other deals that are taking much longer. So, um, nobody, so most of these people are not making a plan. And then when they get to the business broker and it's listed for sale, some of them are going to be waiting more than a year to get that LOI. And then once they get the LOI, it could take some people three or more months for the deal to actually close. So, so these are the long timelines, which, you know, frustrated me when I was a business broker, um, because of course, as brokers are working that whole time doing things and not earning any money. Uh, and it creates all kinds of opportunities for things to come along and happen that upset the deal that, that ruin it for the seller. So this is why planning and preparation are so critical in this process. Um, who has the advantage? So this is opinion, right? And they simply ask the brokers, who do you think has the advantage, the buyer or the seller? And um, in every category, except the smallest category, um, it's believed that the, the seller has the advantage. And, you know, if you're like these brokers and you're turning away 70% of the businesses and you're not even listing them, then that means you've got good businesses, which means that you should be able to create buyer competition, which means that once you advertise that business for sale, if it's profitable and it's well run and, and it's got all the characteristics that these brokers know, are going to make it sellable, then they should have multiple people chasing after it, which of course creates the conditions for a seller's market, right? Um, and, and here's an interesting thing. For those sellers who are having an emotionally hard time letting go, it's most likely go now or wait another five to seven years before market will cycle back to the current conditions. This relates exactly to my video from last week about whether business prices go down in a recession. And what they are saying is that we are probably at a peak right now and that um, things could deteriorate economically over the next few years. And these guys are not going to want to sell and they're going to have to wait five to seven years before things come back the way they are now. So, you know, I've been to business broker conventions and there's a lot of gray hair or no hair, right? So, so the people who make it into this level, who are operating at this level, tend to be experienced people. Um, and so they've probably seen more than one of these cycles. Um, I have gray hair too. It's right on the sides. Okay. So where are business values trending? Um, this chart here shows what the average SDE multiples are. And as you can see, the smaller the business, the smaller the multiple. They're still down around two. Um, in 2017, it, it went up a little bit. Um, and then the half a million to 1 million, it's like in the mid to high mid twos. And then 1 million to 2 million, you get into the threes. Okay. And so this would, you know, probably mean that bigger businesses, obviously, but also businesses that have more sort of capital investment. So a manufacturing business versus a little restaurant business, for example. And so the multipliers get higher. What's interesting up here, though, is it says over the last six years, multiples in Main Street have varied within about a 10% range. So let's think about that. Let's think about that. So if on average, a very small business is selling for two times SDE, a 10% increase in its multiple range means it sells for 2.2 times SDE, right? So 
So the, the variation between what we see statistically over time versus what happens in peak or low periods, um, it, it, the movements are very small, right? So if you, and, and don't forget who these guys are and the businesses that they're selling. So if people are, comp- buyers are competing with each other to buy the same business and there's an SDE of hundred grand and you would think that it would sell for 200, um, don't you think it would be possible that one of those buyers might be so eager that they might offer 220, right? Or 240. And, and, and that's it. That's your 10% variation, right? So not a tremendous amount of movement over the historical uh, results. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, cash on closing. And this I did find interesting until, again, I remembered who these people are that are reporting this information. So you'll see Q1 2019, they're reporting that in the under 500K business category, 86% cash on closing on average. Um, And in the half a million to 1 million, it's 85% cash on closing. And the 1 to 2 million, it's 81% cash at closing. So why, what's happening here is as the businesses get bigger, there is more and more requirement for some amount of seller financing. That, that's obvious here. But from the videos that I make, if you watch them and you believe what I say, you would think that these are high, right? David, shouldn't there be even more seller financing? And again, what I would say is think about who these people are that are reporting the data. So they're taking the very best businesses with the highest profitability and the majority of these brokers are in the United States, which means that a lot of these smaller deals are being done probably under that SBA 7A program. And, and these are the ones that the SBA lenders are particularly wanting to finance because the numbers would be the best, right? So, so this is an examination of the cream of the market is, is what I'm going to say. Um, because I, I did research actually last week for a client um, in a particular industry. And I looked at about a dozen transactions in the last two years, half of them had 50% seller financing. So this is not representative of the average, but it's very representative of the types of businesses that these particular brokers are, rep- are choosing to represent. And because they're choosing to represent better businesses, they're able to get the financing programs that allow the sellers to walk away with a good degree of cash. Um, and again, American data, SBA is an American thing, um, and it has a big impact on selling terms in the States. Um, why are people selling? Um, okay, sorry, there's another comment here. It says sellers may still need to support a transaction with some amount of, of alternative financing, typically, typically seller financing or an equity rollover in order to maximize value when deal making with a financial buyer, such as a private equity group. Sellers that are willing to be creative are more likely to sell their businesses for more money in a shorter period of time, which is something I've repeated ad nauseum. Um, So figure 10, uh, top two reasons sellers went to market. And uh, what we're seeing here is the number one reason retirement in in every category across the board, followed by burnout. When I was a broker in my office 10 years ago and people were coming through my door, Burnout was the number one reason and retirement was the number two reason. And because 10 years have gone by, I'm guessing this is simply because of the demographic changes. Uh, The baby boomers who own a lot of businesses are all now 10 years older 
And so to me that this makes a lot of sense, but burnout, huge reason. Um, and it's usually because, um, a lot of these business owners are the center of their business. They're the CPU of their business and everything's moving through them and they're working way too long and way too hard. And they're not developing the systems and processes that will allow them to remove themselves from the business, which is one of the key drivers of creating value in a business that you want to sell. Um, know your buyer. So I thought this was really interesting. So here's information about who the typical buyer is. So for that, for the businesses under half a million dollars, um, half of them are 49% are first time buyers. So they're people coming out of professional careers somewhere. They want to be a business owner and they don't want to start something up. So they're buying a business. Um, then we have serial entrepreneurs, people who are buying and selling businesses throughout their lives. And only the smallest fraction, 19% are existing businesses. And the second sentence here, uh, you know, sort of relates to the first is that 52% of buyers are motivated to buy a job. So they need a personal income, which is why they're buying a business. And a very small percentage, 21% are trying to gain a horizontal add-on. So this would align with the existing companies buying other companies. This surprised me. 68% of buyers lived within 20 miles of the business that was for sale. And 14% lived more than 100 miles away. So I'm guessing a large percent of those people more than 100 miles away are probably going to relocate for the opportunity. So your buyer is most likely going to be a first-time buyer who needs an income and lives somewhere within a reasonable commuting distance of where the business is already located. Um, and then if you look at the, the next category, half a million to 1 million, the numbers do change, not a terribly large amount. The motivated to buy a job goes down a little bit and the activity of the businesses trying to expand increases a little bit. And I'm guessing that this is largely because these, the second category of business are a little bit bigger, probably a little bit more organized and have some staff within them who are going to help the buyer. Cause don't forget if a, if a buyer of, of an, if another business buys a business, the owner of the, of the buying business can't then spend all of his time at the new business. There has to be some kind of management structure in place for them to be able to, to allow that business to run as a satellite, or they're going to have to figure out how they can integrate the operations of the two um, to, so that their management activity can stretch over the new acquisition. Um, and so the bigger the business is, the more likely there are those middle manager types who can be used to integrate the new acquisition into the existing business. And then what kinds of businesses are being bought? Not a lot of surprises here. So under half a million dollar purchase price, restaurants, personal services, consumer goods, retail. So your tire shops, your auto repair, your pet stores, your beauty salons, et cetera, the real main street of main street businesses. And then when you start to get into the half million to 1 million, you get the bigger versions of that. And then you start to get things like construction, engineering. And in the, in the third category, one to 2 million, you start to see some manufacturing, some wholesale, some distribution, et cetera. And, and uh, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, you start to talk about inventory value, bigger machinery, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then they talk about their organizations and about Pepperdine University. But I wanted to bring this report to you because I just thought it was so insightful to learn some of the things that these guys are talking about. 
Um, back when I had my office, I was a member of the IBVA. I participated in some of the very first surveys of this report, um, but it's really evolved since, since I had any input into this. Um, and um, I'll put the link down below. And if you go over to the IBBA website, you can find that report and the new editions that come out and you can take a look for yourself if you want to learn some more about this. And if you are a person who wants to buy a business, uh, I'll remind you, head on over to businessbuyeradvantage.com, which is the website that I have that talks all about everything that you are going to need to learn about buying a business. And you can see my, my four steps basically in my process. And of course, the first thing is education, which starts with free videos and there are a couple of books which cost just a few dollars. And then my Business Buyer Advantage online course, which is the cornerstone to everything else I do with the coaching and everything. And is by far the most economical way to spend time with me because it's about nine and a half hours of content for a couple hundred bucks. And if you were going to hire me one-on-one to go through all that information, it would require an investment of about $1,400. So definitely worthwhile. And that's why so many people have signed up for Business Buyer Advantage. And with that, I'll thank you guys for watching the channel. Don't forget to subscribe, get onto my email list. And if you find any of my stuff helpful, click like and share it on some other social media platform because every time somebody shares a video, it tells the YouTube algorithm that it's a good video and it makes it easier for other people to find it when they go looking for the information that I share. And given that my mission is to help people avoid bad deals and help people avoid getting ripped off or wasting their time or having unrealistic goals in, in, in trying to sell a business, for example, um, spreading the information is paramount. And, and I ask every one of you out there to please help me out with that. And, and with that, I'll say thank you and we'll see you later. Bye.